You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Welcome to the program. The weather forecast in Denver, Colorado calls for snow, but sunshine is on the way. If I would have told you yesterday at 11 a.m. Eastern, hey, Broncos fans, you're either going to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. What would you have said? Come on in, and the bandwagon Todd Fritz is on. It's solo right now. He has all of his Broncos gear on. He hasn't shut up about Russ. <laughs> He's got mock headlines. He's got a limerick about this. Is this better than getting Peyton Manning? This is a, a very big deal. After what I've watched offensively every play for the last six years since Super Bowl 50. All right, Todd. So uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. See, you already failed your first test. I said, is this better than getting Peyton Manning? And you didn't answer it. I guess so, because the, when, when Manning was there, even though he scored, he put up all these touchdowns and stats and everything, it was the no flies on defense. When you got him, the day you got him. I, was, I think I was a little more excited about Manning. Okay. All right, we'll have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Just to let you know, Todd has been on fire for the last 90 minutes. Since we walked in, Todd has been on fire. He's got Bronco gear. He's uh, dressed like a 12-year-old. He's got his hat on. He's got his Bronco. That's not even a jersey, is it? No, I don't know what this is. is. This some pajamas? kind of what they call a schmata, some, some kind of just... Pajamas. Oh, something from a long time ago that I found at a store, and I'm like, the, it was so... Hideous. I'm like, I have to get that. It was just a unique item. It's got a horse that goes around the back. And yeah, see, don't you remember seeing that commercial for NFL Schmatzes? Oh, <laughs> it would run in between yeah. games. Yeah. Coming up, hey, Broncos fans, get your Broncos Schmatta. <laughs> Fanatics. Right, yeah. Bringing yeah. you the Schmatza. <laughs> whatever it is. All right. I want to say one thing. I, I don't appreciate the analysts, and I'm not going to name them because I don't remember even which one said it, but that, you know, they're having Bronco fans should be running for the uh, Super Bowl tickets just yet. It's like easy. It's like, you know. If, but nobody said that. No, but there, there are analysts yesterday. They're, they're now a big player and contender, and this team is, they had all the pieces except for quarterback, and now, like, they're they're on their way to Super Bowl. So they're like, not going to make the Super I think Bowl. They're, I think they're a contender, but in that conference and in that division, we were seven and ten. But you're just saying what the analysts said that they're contenders. Nobody said they're I'm a Super not Bowl as convinced contender. as some of these analysts that like you know get ready. This team could go represent the AFC in the Super Bowl in Arizona. I'm like easy with that. It's a great pickup and it's a much needed one. If, if you could have had Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers yesterday. <laughs> It's easy to say Russell Wilson now, but the honest truth was I was all excited thinking like we were going to get Aaron Rodgers, and that's who I wanted to hear that they were getting. But now that this has happened, you can easily rationalize, well, Russell Wilson's younger. He's going to be able to play a few more years, and you know maybe Aaron Rodgers, after all these MVPs, is about to slip a little so bit. So the answer is Rodgers. It was Rodgers, but, I did, but it's important to say that now that we know the situation, I can get very excited about Russell Wilson too. No, I, I understand that. Russ is a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right, but at the moment before we knew who was doing what and that, that Aaron Rodgers was staying and we didn't hear anything about Russell Wilson, I was like, let's go. Number 12 is coming to Denver. Let's do it. Yep. Todd was mopey dick yesterday when we found out that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was going to stay in True. Green Bay. He was bummed. Yeah, he was like, oh, God. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Coward wants to stay in the weaker NFC. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, and then all of a sudden... Todd, we got word that Russ was going to be traded, and Fritzy had already started his drive home. Almost went off the road. Paulie was the one to break the news. I see out of the corner of my eye, my phone is sitting like in the, my middle compartment where I keep my wallet and keys or whatever. And I'm like, took a little quick peek, and I'm like, whoa, what? 
because I didn't know it. I didn't hear anything about that. I don't no. pretend to be some what? Bronco insider. I didn't think that was really going to be a, a valid option. Well, I wasn't surprised that Rodgers stayed. I did think he was going to leave. I did tell you that I thought Seattle, and I, I didn't have any source on this. I want to be careful uh, saying this, that uh, the Seahawks were privately shopping Russell Wilson. They kept it pretty quiet. But I had, I had an indicator and I, I can't even give you away, give away the source because that, and you know, you'd probably uh, be able to tell. It had nothing to do with Russ's side of things. It was somebody who accidentally works for another team, brought this up to me. And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know uh, if what they're expecting from Carolina, but, uh, you know, Seattle and Carolina have been talking about Russ. And I go, well, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I think it's just preliminary stuff. That it, it felt like Russ could have gone to Carolina. Now, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the information I have as best I can um, because I want to be fair to everybody involved in this. But I was told that they were privately shopping him. I just didn't get any confirmation from anybody. Uh, but then I started to think, and and then I was told you could have a scenario. I think I said this to you two months ago, where Seattle was going to do to Russell Wilson what Detroit did to Matthew Stafford. Like, we, we need to move on. And you know what? Seattle kept it really quiet. They, they kept everything in-house. Aaron Rodgers, everything was out there in the media. Seattle, remember, Russ would say, hey, this is where I want to be. Pete Carroll says he's not going to be traded. You know, we're not fielding any offers. And that, you know, I just thought, no, I, I, I don't see this happening. I just don't see Russ and Pete Carroll staying. One was going. And we found out that it was going to be Russ. Russ had to sign off on the deal. And from what I was told yesterday, that Denver was waiting to hear from Aaron Rodgers. They had a deal in place with Seattle. It was already in place. They had been discussing this for a couple of weeks. They had a deal in place. If, and, and Seattle knew this, that if Denver didn't get Aaron Rodgers, then they could make this trade. That's why it happened so quick. It was like Rogers staying in Green Bay. And then I, I even said to Paulie, I said, now the story is, what does Denver do? Does Denver go after Russ? And all of a sudden, the timing two hours later, Russ is a Denver Bronco pending a physical and, you know, the start of the, you know, the official NFL season. Yeah, Paul. I saw some denials from uh, sources inside the Broncos yesterday yeah. different, different media. Yeah. But is there any chance that the Broncos didn't take their shot at Aaron Rodgers with this package of players and picks when they were told no, went to plan B, which they kept on the burner over the past couple of weeks? They were all in on Aaron Rodgers from what I was told. Do you believe there was an offer made with the similar package of picks? I don't know if it got to that. But I look, Brian Gutekunst, the GM, said we didn't, you know, we haven't talked trade with anybody. Now, do I think that they talked trade? I think I think teams talk trades with Green Bay. I don't know if they reciprocated. Just to be fair, but if I'm Green Bay, I'm at least listening. I think Green Bay gave Aaron Rodgers everything he wanted that he couldn't turn it down. You know, because sometimes you'll go, and I want that. Okay. And I want that. Okay. And I want that? Yeah. There's nothing more to ask for. It makes the most sense for him to stay there. You're going to play the AFC East and the NFC East next year. And you're going to play, you know, the teams in your division. You could pencil in 13 wins. 
home field advantage. You keep Devontae Adams. You got running backs. You got a couple of really impactful defensive players. Got a good offensive line. It made sense for him to stay there. Certainly understand it. And he's going to get paid. But they've listened to him when he said, I want Randall Cobb. All right, you get Randall Cobb. Hey, you lost your quarterback's coach. He went to Denver. We're going to bring in your old quarterback's coach, Tom Clement. Okay. And we're going to give you $50 million a year for the next four years. $200 million, if that's the accurate number. Okay. Like, what was left? And I think that's where I looked at what Green Bay did. They kept it quiet. They didn't say anything too far out of the box. We're not fielding trade offers here. Didn't have, haven't received any. Aaron seemed like whatever they asked, you know, he asked for, they were going to get. This is a franchise that stood up for him with the immunization. Like they, they were all in with him this past year. But, you know, once the Broncos, I'd love to have been there with John Elway when he realized that you're not getting Aaron Rodgers. And then is that one of those, what, he's, he's going to stay? Uh, call Pete Carroll. Call John Schneider. Let's go. Here it is. Because that's not one of those deals you put together two hours later. In the next two hours, you go, uh, Noah Fant, give you a defensive lineman, two first, two second, and a fifth. Okay. And we're done. And that's it. Uh, as far as Russ going, it goes back to the interview I did with him after the Super Bowl. It's the first time I ever heard Russ actually be honest with me. Now, it was his version of frustration as well that I picked up on because Russ usually goes through the motions and has fun, but, but he doesn't you know, give you anything too deep and then he'll end with Go Hawks. But there was, when I started talking to him about his offensive line and that, you know, he's on a pace to be the most sacked quarterback of all time. And he just saw Brady switch teams, win a Super Bowl. Mahomes is in the Super Bowl and he's thinking, what am I doing? It's the first time that there was an opening there. And that's why when I said, wait, could you be traded? And he didn't know. But that was 13 months ago. And I don't think it ever got better. And I was told by a source that Seattle was doing its best in free agency. Let's let's get Dwayne Brown. Let's let's do some things. They traded for Jamal Adams. Not a good trade. Um, but they were trying to get some pieces in there to fluff up this lineup, this roster, to make it seem like they were going to be Super Bowl contenders again. They haven't been close. You know, fourth best team in the NFC West. Now, they might be the third or fourth best team in the AFC West. But I think... Russ goes in with weapons. I'm not big on the offensive line with Denver, but they have running backs. They got wide receivers. They did lose Noah Fant, their uh, tight end. Uh, they need some pass rushers. I like the secondary. You got a, uh, a rookie head coach. I mean, there's a lot. And you're playing in the AFC West. It's going to be just as difficult. And I do think Denver is an emerging team ready to explode. But I, I just don't, I don't sign off on this and go, Russ has made them an instant playoff contender. There's a lot of things working against them. And Russ, Russ is not running the way he once did. I think if Russ gets back to that Russ of maybe five years ago, makes, you know, then, then he's so much, so much more dangerous as a quarterback there. But, you know, you start to grade these things and, okay, the next four years. I love Green Bay's chances. I just do. They play in a bad division. I, I, and if you can keep Devontae Adams, 
Got Rodgers, got running backs, good offensive line. Uh, you know, got a couple of defense, you know, Alexander, Clark. Those are good defensive players. I, and they draft well, too. And they didn't have to, you know, they keep him. And, and you've got to get your quarterback. And that's why Denver went all in on Russ. Because everybody's waiting for Deshaun Watson. Seattle might be ready for, you know, and waiting for Deshaun Watson. Good luck with that. You know, you got some of his alleged victims in front of the grand jury. That ain't happening anytime soon. Denver has been waiting for this. Been a long time. Nobody's had more starting quarterbacks, I think, over the last few years than Denver has. They've had more starting quarterbacks than the Browns have. (laughs) You have to get your quarterback. Are they better now? Yes, because they can be in every game because of Russ. That doesn't mean that they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. But you win seven games in that division, and they're seven and ten. Okay. And your your quarterback is Bridgewater and Drew Locke. All right. I think you got to look at Seattle. You're going to get a quarterback? You got these draft picks? Okay. They haven't done well with uh, their draft picks as of late. And you got first-round picks, second-round picks. Okay. Bobby Wagner, they just let him go? I'd love to, for Denver to pick up Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Why not? All right, we'll come up with a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day. But once again, I, this isn't breaking news other than what I told you and try to give you hints on what I was hearing, and that is they were privately, quietly shopping Russell Wilson. And that's why it happened so quickly, because I don't think anybody thought Russ was going to be moved anytime soon. And then I'd heard the Carolina part of it, and I'm like, Carolina? And then we realized that Denver was going to be involved if they lost out on, on Aaron Rodgers. Just from what I've heard, just I don't want to go shefty on you here, uh, but that was the information I had and, and have had that for quite some time. By the way, this program brought to you by the 2022 Mercedes-Benz SUV family. If uh, you say good things come to those who wait, uh, they prove otherwise. It takes no time at all to set up a test drive. Your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MDUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. We got phone calls coming up. We got our play of the day, stat of the day. We got a poll question or two. Yes, Paul. One thing off yesterday, I want to jump in with this real quick. Remember the sad song thing yes. yesterday? It's still getting a lot of response. Yes. Most sad song. People are requesting that we each give our most upbeat happy peppy song oh later today if oh. you want to think about that uh marinate a little bit okay there was a survey done in england and it was to vote on the saddest song of all time i think it turned out to be rem's everybody hurts but we gave our saddest songs i was at dinner last night with my wife and one of my daughters and i'm getting text messages from family members saying saddest song and then they would and that was it it was just hey saddest song because they listen on the on the podcast and uh i went boy that one started and it's not stopping yes yeah, this is going to be tough for me because i don't really like happy songs mm. i kind of like down depressing sad ones okay this is going to be a tough one for me to figure out right. even my p- most happy song might be pretty depressing <laughs> that says a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we could do a deep dive right now. Yeah, for sure. no. yeah. yeah Paul. Seton's going to be like, uh, I'll go with the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald for yeah. my favorite to upbeat song. <laughs> you know, they had a good ship. The ship was going for a while. The legend lives on from the Chippewa zone. <laughs> nice. The big lake they call Gitchigumi. How was that, Todd? That was pretty good. Thanks, Todd. 
Oh, I just gave you two oh, points. Oh, you're Tony Reale. <laughs> I gave you two points. Yeah, that's Fritzy's new thing. He's Tony Reale on uh, Around the Is Horn. Is that obnoxious when we do that in the morning meeting? Someone no. makes an interesting point. I go, bloop, bloop, bloop. So there's Tony Reale. You're phony Reale. Phony Reale. Yeah. That would be me. Uh, Chris Sims is going to join us on loan from uh, NBC and uh, Pro Football Talk. Booger McFarlane a little bit later on. And Dirk Nowitzki is going to stop by. Your phone calls are welcome. Take a break. Back after this Dan Patrick show. You can hear it in my voice. I got way too much energy. I got my uh, Made for Army uh, USAA cup here, and I've got my protein shake USAA here. USAA cup? Yeah. Boston. <laughs> I wonder if Gronk was able to get one of these uh, Made for Army uh, Yetis. What do you say, Dan? You want one of these USAA <laughs> I have my uh, my Yeti. It's filled with uh, a smoothie, a fruit smoothie, and then you throw in a little uh, protein powder, M-Drive Start. My daily dose of protein nutrition helps me stay on top of my game. MDriveDan.com. Get it delivered right to your door, offering free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. Time to start to focus on your health, guys. You got these busy days. You can keep up. M-Drive Start. Energy, strength, drive. You get more done every day. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Visit mdrivedan.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle. MBUSA.com, Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. We'll uh, settle on a poll question. we got a play of the day, stat of the day. Phone calls are always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Yesterday, we were... Uh, trying to find the saddest song. There was a survey done in England where they surveyed 2,000 adults and said, what's the saddest song? And uh, people said, well, we had sad songs yesterday. What about happy songs today? Yes, Paul. Well, what would be our rationale? Is it a song that's considered a happy song that we like or a song that like puts us in a good mood or reminds us of a great time in our life? What's the rationale here? Oh, I didn't read the fine print on this. Yes, Seton. So for me, I would say... It's like the kind of song that you're singing along in the car and end up driving faster than you realize mm. because you're like, oh, mm. dude, this is like, you know, you turn it up and you're singing along and all of a sudden you're like, dang, I'm flying. Yes, Fritzy. I think it's basically something uplifting that makes you smile and makes you feel good. If you're in a good mood, now you're in a great mood. If you're not in such a good mood, it shakes you out of that and go, you know what? Things aren't so terrible. This is great. Right. Loving this. Okay. Yeah, Paul. Like Here We Go Again by White Snake. That goes on the radio. It goes up. You drive faster. That's mm, an example. I think accurate. that's Seton's saying. Mm. That's a factual. That's factual. It's oh, like, it does. That's not an opinion. You don't even have to adjust the volume. It just goes up on automatically its own. and you just start going faster okay. and you will not get pulled over. All right. Then we have to give these to Marvin. Marvin will find said songs and then we will reveal these to America. Well, around the world. Is that what we're doing here? Happy, happy song. Next hour. Let's bring in Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk, co-host with Mike Florio. Uh, how about your saddest song? What's the saddest song in Chris Sims life? 
Oh, God, this is a great conversation. It was actually really funny just to listen to you and, you know, the guys there, certainly. I mean, you sounded like you're the teacher in front of the class. Now, Fritzy, tell me what happy song means to you. Uh, all right, so, <laughs> so, so I would go with... Uh, I would go with sad song, you know, Lon the great Gatsby, right? Lana Del Rey. I mean, this is totally off the top of my head. Like, will you still love me? I want to say it's that song, right? She's kind of talking about what well, you love me when I get older. That's kind of a sad song okay. that I like. All right. That would be that one. You got a happy song? I mean, song? When, you say, when you say happy song, I mean, first off, Pharrell and happy does pop to my head right away. It was kind of a happy song. But like, what about like some Bob Marley, like three little birds, you know, every time I hear that, I always perch up, you know, I like me some Bob Marley, good message, three little birds perch on my doorstep. How can you not like that song? Come on. Yeah, but that's usually <laughs> when you're returning from the dispensary, when you're listening to Bob Marley. No doubt. And I'm encompassed in a cloud of smoke <laughs> and I go, damn, this is a great song. <laughs> All right. If I would have said yesterday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson will be in the news, and uh, the Broncos are getting one of the two. You would have said who? I would have said Aaron Rodgers. I would have thought that was the the guy, at least, you know, the leader in the clubhouse for that. And I do believe he was. I believe he was plan A. You know, they can spin it however they want. I mean, it wasn't a coincidence yesterday that Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay, and then a few hours later or an hour later, they sign Russell Wilson. I don't think that was a coincidence. But, yes, that would have been the move I would have expected to have, he uh, have heard yesterday. I think if you had to, you know, ask me one of the two. If I look at, we love to get grades on these things, but I'm just looking yeah. at the, let's look at what Denver is doing now and what Seattle is doing now. Let me start with Seattle. When you, you don't trade Hall of Fame quarterbacks who are still considered to be in their prime. They did right. it. Uh, is this a rebuild for Seattle? I, I think a little bit. I do. You know, first off, can I you have a realized... little bit of a rebuild? <sighs> Yeah, not really. I mean, not really. They have some pieces in place where you go, hey, listen, there's DK Metcalf, there's Tyler Lockett, there's Jamal Adams, you know, there's there's uh, the, the Jordan Brooks, the linebacker they got. They got a few pieces to build around. So I don't look at it as like, oh, my gosh, this is a total teardown rebuild. Yeah. But you're right. There's no such thing as a little bit of a rebuild. You look at their team, they, they got issues everywhere. Offensive line, nothing special. Running back, there's nothing there. We talked about the receivers, okay. Tight end, there's nothing there. No marquee defense alignment. Bobby Wagner's gone. I mentioned Jordan Brooks. Corners, most of America has no idea who plays corner for Seattle. So I look at it from that standpoint and go, it makes sense for them. This is how the Seattle Seahawks started under the John Schneider, Pete Carroll, you know, regime was them building through the draft and some quality value free agents. And I think also, Dan, what they got to look at is, you know, a little bit of reading the room where you know, they're a year away, in my opinion, with Russell Wilson, as we know, who was telling people for the last two years that he wants to go somewhere where it's all about him and be in a different spot, that they lose some leverage if they go into next year and now this comes up, where it's Russell in the last year of his contract and everything that goes around that to where I think they realize they had a strike now while the iron was hot. I look at Denver, and I do think they're on the cusp I don't right. think they're as close as what people think. Just in my opinion, I got a sure. rookie coach. I'm not thrilled with the offensive line. Um, I know we love to look at that receiving core and say, man, they're good. I, I, Jerry Judy still has to prove to me that he's, 
he belongs in there with the fellow Alabama wide receivers. Sure. Um, I like the running backs. Defensively, they don't have a pass rusher. Secondary's yep. good. And you're right. playing in the AFC West, where no doubt. they're, what, the third, third best team in the West? Are they better than the Raiders right now because they got Russ? It's it's debatable. I think yes. As a, just as purely on the roster, I would go. I I like the Broncos roster more than the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an uphill climb. And I think your questions are you know they're real. There's a lot of what we would you know potential with the Broncos. You know Jerry Judy. He certainly looks like he's a real good receiver. It's unfortunate last year he had that bad high ankle sprain. Cortland Sutton, I do think is a, a star at the receiver position, but he yeah. was just coming off a torn ACL. We saw Tim Patrick. He's really good. KJ Hamler. He's got three rockets up his butt, you know, but was hurt last year too. So I think there's a lot to look at there and go, oh, wow. You said the offensive line's not great, but it turned the corner last year to go, oh, it's pretty damn good. And they can open up some holes. Okay. Uh, now, yes, they got to, they got to round out. I think your point there with the front seven, Bradley Chubb's got to be a force again, and they need another player or two to be a difference maker up there, but they are close. They really are. And in a lot of ways, I look at it almost a blessing in disguise that, for Denver and Nathaniel Hackett that it's Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers. I really do. I know Aaron Rodgers may be playing better football right now, but I think you're very – the reality is you're in danger if you have Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos and two years from now you might be going – he might be going, ah, I might retire. And now you're back right here with, wait, who's going to be our franchise wait, quarterback? Wait, so if you were Denver, you're John Elway, you would want Russell Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers if both were available. I think for the long-term play, the long-term, if I was really looking at it like, hey, I want to build something here, not just like try to make it happen in the next two or three years. I want to build something where in the next six, eight years, we're like one of the top teams in the AFC. I think Russell Wilson's the guy there. And then now, yes, you bring him in. I know he doesn't know the offense like Rodgers would know. So, yeah, you lose that. But he's got a little base in the West Coast offense, started his career in Seattle with that. But also, I just look at it. We just mentioned all those young receivers. You know, you can kind of mold them together and kind of grow as a football team with a guy that you know is going to be there for a long time, let alone there's some young talent on the defensive side of the ball to where I think you got a nucleus now of really something to jumpstart the future for the Denver Broncos where, yeah, Rodgers, we know. It could be fickle and you could be all over the place on a year-to-year basis. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Uh, how much pressure is on Aaron Rodgers by staying in Green Bay as opposed to if he had gone someplace else? Well, I don't think it changes a whole lot. Uh, I think there would have been more pressure on him if he went somewhere else. And I think that's part of the reason he probably stayed. He probably looked at it and said, wait, this is a pretty good football team we got here. And I'm the king. I mean, he's the king. Uh, there's no doubt about it. That's the way Green Bay runs their organization. They let Brett Favre be the king forever. And then they just said, here, here's the throne, Aaron. Now you're the king. And I think that was probably that's probably part of the reason he stayed too. Let alone the football aspect. They're probably looking at it, going, "Wait, do I really want to go somewhere? Get comfortable with a whole new regime? Have the whole locker room get used to me?" You know, he seems like he's a little quirky from the outside looking in. I don't think you would disagree that you know having things he knows and, and the people he knows around him, I think are, are very important to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I I kept logic would say, why would you leave? If they're going to pay yeah, you, right? They're they're really, you know, agreeing to act you know, everything you're asking. They acquiesce exactly. to you. They stood up for you with the immunization controversy there. No you, doubt, they had your back. 
you lose Nathaniel Hackett to Denver, but they bring in Tom Clements, your old quarterbacks coach. They brought back Randall Cobb for you. Feels like they everything Aaron asked for, they gave yeah. him. And right. and then you got that division. Your schedule next year is not that exactly. tough. Exactly. AFC right. East, NFC East, and you throw in the NFC North. Pencil them in. Thirteen wins. Right. Fourteen wins. Agreed. Agreed. You're right. You know, and now Home Russell Wilson's out of the West. I mean, you're right. Yeah, they're they're you're right. They're in the cream of the crop of the NFC, and no doubt Green Bay, you know, played the situation right. To your point too, Dan, to where they they made sure the public and everybody knew, hey, we're doing everything to keep Aaron Rodgers here. They put all the pressure on him to make the decision, you know, rightly so. And they, you know, now they're going to pay him and everything there, but. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked that Rogers didn't leave. I was kind of rooting for him to leave just for fun things to talk about, but not really surprised that he stayed. I guess the Panthers are willing to deal Christian McCaffrey for a future number one and a, and a player with a low cap number here, man, I got, I got, That's, a, I don't know about that though. You know, I mean, you're, you're him and hawing, right? Just because you're going, wait, you're going to trade for him. Oh, I don't want him. No, no, no. No, he's expensive, yeah. injury right. prone, mileage, right. and it's that position. No, no, I, exactly. I don't. I, I never want a running back. He, I love Derrick yeah. Henry, uh, and I and I love Jonathan Taylor. It's when you get into those second contracts at that position, Zeke Elliott. Like I don't want that. No, I, of course, agreed, agreed. And Derrick Henry's his own animal. To your point, whereas. You know, first off, Tennessee put the squeeze on him. They didn't get killed by his contract. Yeah. He's making what five less million a year than than McCaffrey, and you know he's also a guy where wear and tear I don't think matters as much because he's a giant and Greek god of a man. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm with you with what you're saying with Christian McCaffrey. That 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 is scary to me. I if I'm a team out there, I'm certainly not trading first round pick for a guy that's played what ten games the last two years. You know, after we've paid him and is not a naturally big man to begin with yeah. and did have a lot of carries, you know, early in his career and even at Stanford, that would be a little scary for me, too. I also wondered, it was strange, once I heard the Aaron Rodgers news, the first person I thought of was Jordan Love. Because, you know, he's yeah. he's in the on-deck circle. He's not going to get to the plate. And, no, I know. and then there are people saying, well, would you trade Jordan Love? Well, if I'm Green Bay at that price, No. No, I got a right. backup. Like, why? Why am I going to give somebody Jordan Love? And, and I'm not here to be fair to Jordan Love. I'm trying to win. If I got a quarterback, knows the system, maybe he can, you know, work him. We might work him in a little bit more. Right. Maybe there's load right. management with Aaron Rodgers the next four. I don't know, but yeah, right. We don't even know how the contracts negotiated with Rodgers too. It might give him the ability to walk away after another year or two. Oh, no. And and to your point. <laughs> You know, and, and I can't go point, through this again. I can't. Go I know through this I can't. Again. I'm so sick of talking about it, too. I I have had my limit. I love Aaron Rodgers as a player, but damn, I'm sick of talking about it. I can't even lie. I really am. Well, how about uh, Tom Brady? Is Tom Brady going to join your boy Kyle Shanahan <laughs> in San Francisco? I I'm say it's 50 50, you know, and I know everybody thinks I know and have inside knowledge. There, You've never had a conversation with your good buddy, Kyle Shanahan, about Tom Brady. Are you going to lie to the my first, face? No, I will never lie to your face. The first time around when it was between, you know, Tampa and New England and San Francisco. Yes, I had conversations with my buddy about Tom Brady then. Yes, I did. Now, this time around, no, I have not. I promise you, I wouldn't lie to your face. I wouldn't. I, I'm, this is just connecting dots. First off, 
I know Brady to Miami was being talked about. It was a real thing. Sean Payton possibly package deal there. So I don't think Brady has closed the door completely yet. I do think it's weird that um, he was in San Francisco last week and Kyle Shanahan wasn't at the combine. All right. That's just weird. I just, I, that's weird. I don't know. And now they've hired Brian Greasy to be the quarterback's coach. And I know you could say, well, it's for Trey Lance. You could also say it's for Tom Brady. And so, again, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not closing that door. It, it, a month and a half ago, I said, no, he's done. But there's just too much around it right now. And some of his comments make me believe that, yeah, it's not totally shut yet. You share a tattoo with Kyle Shanahan. You don't even share a tattoo with your wife, do you? I do. I, well, no, I, you know, I do have a tattoo of my wife's initials on here. Okay. I can't have a tattoo of my idiot college friend's initials <laughs> on me and not have my family. All right. So they're on there too. Now my wife didn't return the favor. Oh, she, re- oh. she, she returned the favor, Dan. Let me tell you this. This is what she did. This is, my, this is typical of my wife. All right. For my birthday, she decides to get my name tattooed on her ring finger and goes to like the most expensive tattoo artist in New York city. And she needs to go up to follow up, to retrace it a few times. So it's like, she never does it. So she paid like, you know, like a thousand dollars for the name Christopher to be written on her, on her ring finger for like three or four weeks. And then it started to disappear. That's what I got back. Not, you know, that's not real love. I don't know what that is. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Paulie has a bet. This is the over-under quarterback, first quarterback selected at 13 and a half. Paulie has the under. A quarterback will be selected in the first 13 picks. Oh, it's a, it's a good spot there. I mean, that's a good over-under. I'm going to go with the under. I mean, we're saying the under, you mean for before 13? Yeah. We're saying 11, yeah. I'm going to go with the under, too. Okay. I don't think it'll be much before that. But I think when you get to nine and ten, teams will get antsy and somebody's going to make a move to go get the quarterback then, regardless of kind of how they're viewed or valued as, as first-rounders. And you haven't chopped up the quarterbacks yet, have you? Not yet. I'm early stages. I got a little look of all of them. I got a little feel for, you know, the big, the big name guys that we're going to be talking about. Definitely got some thoughts, but haven't done my real deep dive evaluation, which uh, I'd love to share to share with you once I, once I get there. With Are you a hand elitist? Cause you have big hands. Are you, do you look down upon Kenny Pickett? I, 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 you know, hands are, are a thing. There's no doubt. Is it foolproof? A hundred percent? No, it's not. You know, we're seeing quarterbacks with smaller hands in the NFL be really successful right now. They quarterbacks are more willing to grip the ball differently than they have when and when we grew up or in the 80s or 90s. You know, there's a lot of different variations of how quarterbacks grip the football now as compared to then. I think that does it. And with all the people that I would be concerned with with small hands, the differences with Pickett, which I don't like that he wears, but he does wear a glove which, you know, will help him out, certainly. But will do I question how great of a natural thrower you are if you have to wear a glove to throw spirals and control the ball? Certainly, and that'll be a big thing for me as I continue to evaluate him. Always great to talk to you, bud. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Thanks, guys. Be good. That's talk to you, Dan. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, NBC, NFL, and college football analyst. Our play of the day is up next. Your phone calls are up next. Dirk Nowitzki will join us a little bit later on. And Booger McFarlane on loan from the Mothership. We're back after this. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live wherever get your podcast from oh my god the play the play is called play of the day runner left side got it play it and play it this is the play of the day check this out column on the right baseline try to go across the lane deflected by Morant grabbed by Anderson up to Melton here comes Morant lob to the rim two-handed hammer and the highlight factory is on their feet FedEx Forum comes alive with an alley-oop in transition from DeAnthony Melton to John Morant Grizzlies up 33 all right I mean come on it's championship week we couldn't come up with something better than John Morant with an alley-oop he had 24 He's averaging 32 per game since the All-Star break. That's courtesy of the Grizzlies Radio Network. Play of the Day. Play of the Day brought to you by Real Credit Card Questions. Require real people. Somebody who understands your issues works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based reps. Available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Some phone calls in here. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at We saw uh, Gonzaga, South Dakota State, Bryant, uh, Bellarmine. Although Bellarmine did win, but they don't get in because there's, I guess, a five-year window when you want to move up to Division One. So Jacksonville mm-hmm. State gets in, Delaware gets in, Wright State, the Wright State Raiders get in. I'm trying to figure out from the NCAA, and maybe somebody can help me with this, why do you have to wait five years before you're going to be eligible for winning a tournament, being in March Madness there? Because it feels like if you're moving up, chances are you're not going to have the talent to move up. It would be to your detriment. Like you're not going to be competitive anytime soon moving up. It, it takes a few years to do so. Yeah, Paul. I don't have the reasoning behind it, but the rule is the NCAA doesn't allow teams to play in the postseason tournaments which they just play in the postseason tournament, by the way, uh, until their fifth season on the Division One level. So Bellarmine, a Catholic school outside Louisville, in Louisville, is new Division One. They were promoted in 2020. Yeah. Why let them play in the conference tournament and celebrate and run on the court and not get the NCAA bid? I know. It was strange because I'm watching. It's like Bellarmine won, and then it said, but not going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Paul. Here's some more details from our buddy uh, at CBS Sports, Matt Norlander. Uh, The structure will ensure the reclassifying members are committed to the D1 philosophy and operating principles. Uh. In addition, legislation will increase the likelihood that such institutions will operate successful competitive programs at the D1 level. Uh. That clears up nothing. Uh. Come on. So they want to make sure they're really divisional. Really, really. Seriously. It's kind of like Marvin right now. It's like a probationary period. He's not really a Dan Ed. He's real close. 
I'm, well, he's as close as you can be. He's next to you guys. If we won a sports Emmy, Marvin's going to be celebrating on the court. We wouldn't ask him to like wait two more years to celebrate on the court. Yeah, hypothetically. Yeah, he's going to have to wait five years, just like Bellarmine, to be listed officially as a, as a Dana. <laughs> five years. Yeah. Well, hey, this is. I'm, I'm just following protocol. Yes. Yes, Todd. But to the school's credit, they didn't Beller whine about it. All which right. Is thank nice. you, Todd. It's kind of accepted. I know. Okay. Uh, Andrew in Washington. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, guys. I, I have a trivia question and a stat of the day to do with uh, Kyrie Irving's 50-point game. But you mentioned the Wright State Raiders. They overcame a lot of loss on their team this year. The players and coaches lost to combined five grandfathers or fathers this year. They were down by 16 points, and then they, they won the Horizon League Championship on their last shot taken. So that's a really good why we love March Madness. But um, real quick, shout out to Fritzy, damn three-piece. Finally got a three-pack of guests today. Nice job. Nobody's watching except for all of America. And um, <laughs> real quick, trivia question, and then stat of the day on Kyrie Irving. So, the first time an NBA player scored 50 points on less than 20 field goal attempts was Halloween 1980 by Adrian Dantley for the Jazz. Kyrie did it last night. Can anyone name the only other player to do this? So what, what is the stat that we're talking about? 50-point game on less than 20 shots. 50 on less than 20. Adrian Dantley, Kyrie Irving, and one other player. It's going to be hard. It is Willie Burton Jr. III in 1984. Miami Heat? He, yeah, yeah. Willie Burton it, Miami out Heat. of Minnesota, I think. I think he played uh, yeah. with the Golden Gophers. All right. And I have a stat of the day on that, too. Okay. Kyrie Irving became the third NBA player in history to score 50 points in less than 20 shots. But he's the first to do it with less than 15 free throw attempts, 75% field goal shooting on twos and threes, and in less than 40 minutes on the court. Yeah, too many numbers in there, Andrew, but nice call. Got to dumb it down for us a little bit there. Nobody ever questions Kyrie on the basketball floor. No one. I just have all the other questions that are attached to Kyrie Irving. He's a wonderful player. I just w- wish we got to see more of him. Uh, John in Denver joining us. Hi, John. What's on your mind today? Morning, DP. I've got a shower of shame parlay for you. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So hear me out. Okay. Uh, the parlay is that Marvin's Colorado Avalanche will make the Stanley Cup Finals and Fritzy's Broncos are going to make the playoffs. Okay. Does, does any, I, I didn't even know Marvin liked the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, Marv. He mentioned it a couple of times. Yes, Marv. The uniforms. Oh, you like I love, the uniforms. So I bought one and everyone, the, the Colorado Avalanche even like said, oh, man, you got good taste. Okay. Thanks. I don't know who's on your team, but. Maybe you're a celebrity Avalanche fan. Marvin, not quite a Danette on the Danette or Dan Patrick show. Uh, that's a little bit too much of a deep dive on a parlay there with they, <laughs> the Lanch. They, they, the Abs win the cup and the Broncos make the playoffs. I don't know if anybody wanted a piece of that for a shower of shame. One more item. We close out hour one. Callaway has done it again. I've told you about the Rogue ST drivers. Now the Rogue ST irons. 
They have four different offerings there. I would suggest the most popular one being the Rogue ST Max because there's more forgiveness there. And you get that incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. Single-digit handicappers go Rogue ST Pro. Uh, Callaway's best game improvement model is Max OS, which gives the mid- to high handicappers total forgiveness, high launch, and enhanced offset. Max OS Lite, the most forgiving high-launch iron, comes when wider soles, increased lofts, and a lightweight package for players with slower swing speeds. No irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. So find your Rogue, Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue, and tell them we sent you.